Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Russellville.com presents the book Lance by Chance, Rosalina's Von Eric. Hear how he was discovered, what happened when he was at World Class, and the adventures he had when he left Dallas. Also available, the Pro Wrestling Vault, Volume 1 and 2. Read stories of the Northern Wrestling Federation, Jazz, Bobby Eaton, Thunder Rosa, Tracy Smothers, Harley Race, PJ Black, Bushwhacker Loop, The Fantastics, Ricky Morton, Scott Casey, Tim Storm, Kamala, Sauronaro, Jeremiah Plunkett, Andrew Anderson, and many more. Get your books today at Russellville.com. Russell. It's where wrestling lives. This is the Iron Demon, Shane Mercer, and you are listening to the Wrestleville Podcast with Benny Berry. Tune in or get yeeted. You're listening to the Wrestleville Podcast. I'm your host, Benny Berry, and my guest today is... The Iron Demon, Shane Mercer, professional wrestler of 16 years. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, man. What's up, guys? How you doing? Oh, man, we're doing really good. Hey, thank you very much for giving me your time. I've been wanting to uh, uh, talk to you for for a while. I reached out to you, and I do want to uh, thank you very much for always responding to me. And I know our schedules can get get hectic, but Boy, you've you've been really good about uh, staying in contact with me, so I appreciate that for sure. That's no problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. So you've been wrestling for 16 years, obviously. I guess right out of high school. Yeah, about a, almost half a year out of high school. Yeah, just started uh, kind of jump just straight into it, straight um, right after I got the idea of what to do and all that stuff. Now you uh, started where? Because I I looked at your database and it looks like you're there's a lot of Midwest shows. Yeah, I started out in Kentucky, um, kind of in the boonies. I'm sure the database probably missed a lot of that stuff. They don't they don't usually count a lot of the real smaller promotions. But um, yeah, me back then this is during MySpace days. That's <laughs> showing the age on there, I guess. But uh, I searched on the MySpace wrestler and I didn't have no ideas. Never clued into anything or. Not much of none of that stuff at all. All we knew about growing up around my area was like OVW, which is two hours away from where I live. 
And my parents was totally against it. They just want me to get a real job and, you know, do all that kind of stuff. So I ended up searching Zodiac, who still wrestles today and still a good friend of mine. And uh, his name on MySpace was Zodiac Wrestler. So I searched him up and he told me what to do. And back then, you could kind of just jump straight in the ring. There wasn't much of, if anything, you had to do except fill out a form in Kentucky, which a lot of stuff's changed now. But yeah, me and a buddy of mine, uh, went down to this promotion called Salt River Landing. It was in the middle of nowhere. I mean, one of the most backwoods-looking places you can think of. It had, like, uh, insulation falling out of a roof. It was like an old little small airplane hangar kind of deal. And we uh, went there and did one of our matches we did growing up in the backyard there. And, of course, everyone hated it because we weren't trained or nothing. But over time, we got trained. Pro- I got trained properly the right way over time whenever I met up with Bull Payne. And that's who I credit as my trainer to this day. You you said that your parents weren't big on the the idea of wrestling. Was it because it wasn't a stable profession, or 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 was it because it's a hurt business? What was what was their logic? I mean, my mom just wanted me to go and be a lawyer or something, something to just pay the bills, make good money, not get hurt. They just didn't want to see me get hurt because they seen all the crazy stuff I was doing growing up. And of course, most most parents anyway ain't gonna want to see their son daughter get hurt or put in harm's way. And that's really what it all boiled down to. How do you think that your your career has evolved since since the beginning? Um, I feel like it's evolved a lot since when I first started. Whenever I first started, I felt like the first few years in my career was kind of like going in circles, kind of spiraling because I didn't come in the way I should have. And that was going to a proper school and everything. I kind of, like I said, I got trained better properly when I got picked up by bullpain. And went with him, rode on the road with him, rode with Todd Morton, really the people who got break me in, Mitch Ryder as well, some staples and veterans of the Kentucky, Indiana, Tennessee region. They all traveled the roads, and I didn't really know until I got broken with them. So I feel like for the first two or three years, I was kind of going in circles. I didn't really know the right way to cross it, never did learn the business aspect of it, which is a big part of it, about how to move forward. Just wanted to get in there and have awesome matches and didn't think nothing of it because I was never educated properly on how to do so or what to do. And it wasn't until later on also kind of got caught in the middle of a transition of wrestling going from word of mouth and posters and a little bit of social media to all social media to where it was like pretty much 100% social media. I feel like that's where almost 90, hell, probably 90% of my bookings come from today is on social media in some way, shape, or form. Now you look like a pretty busy wrestler, you know, uh, from – you know, what I've seen on you and the matches I've seen you scheduled on, you having bookings every week, several a week, or what's your schedule like? Oh, uh, yeah, I usually try to stay busy. Most of the time, I usually try to get a booking in every week. If not, I'll try to get in every few weeks or so like that because I just started a new job where I'm traveling a lot too, and I'm trying to open up some businesses as well. Trying to, I actually started my own promotion, been opening that, working on that, trying to get a gym to open up, do that thing as well, and just trying to get a lot of businesses and things to work at under the belt while also still chasing this at the same time. Cause I know I could always now go to just any promotion and, you know, get a match somewhere or something. And it's good to have your reps under you. But now that I also have some time under my belt as well, I want to save my bumps and not just take sporadic matches as much either. I want to go places I feel like that will help me out or get my name out there more or something like that, more so than just getting out there for matches. Sake. Cause I can, I've then got so many reps, the rep stage under my belt now that I don't need that as much. Not saying I don't always do. Everyone does, of course, up until the day they retire. But I'm more worried about places now that I can go make a name for myself, get my name out there, travel, and such. 
that's a perfect segue for for the next conversation. So Game Changer Wrestling, I think you've uh, been wrestling for almost four years with them, right? And mm-hmm. I, I I traced you back to 2019. Uh, how did that come about? They started booming uh, around the 2018-19 area. It's when they started really getting big. So, of course, things on my radar. always looking at promotions, growing, getting bigger. Want to get my name out there, throw it in the hat, show what I can do against the best out there. So I did a spot um, at a show. I think it was about a month or two before that, and that got me in Sports Illustrated. And that was when I picked up the bleachers and did the bleachers deal that everybody was talking about and all that stuff for a while. And after that happened, I reached out to Brett, and I told him, hey, I'd like to be on the show. And I guess that made me stand out more because of everything and the buzz going on about it, going viral at the time. So I rode up with um, John Wayne Murdoch and Reed Bentley to a show, told Brett I was going to be there, and uh, ended up debuting at their show and been around ever since. You know, how has GCW evolved and changed since you've been there? Because right now, I mean, they're full steam ahead, right? Oh, yeah. Whenever I went there, it was already big, but it's done grown three, four times that even since then. Because it was like a kind of one of the top indies that wasn't the top indie. But now I think you'd consider it probably the top indie out there, if not close to being number one. Because as much consistency as you see them traveling, not over the country, but I mean the world now. And they got a predominant section and everywhere they go, every place I've been with them, everyone knows who GCW is and the people that they go, which of course helps all the wrestlers and such too. They've streamed pay-per-view, not just eye pay-per-view, but actual pay-per-view live from Hammerstein Ballroom. You don't see a lot of indies doing that kind of stuff unless you got something going. But yeah, whenever I first started there, it was a uh, pretty deathmatch heavy, which they still do their deathmatch and stuff. But I think they've smartened up too and know that you have to, when your crowd grows, you have to grow with them and the people that do it. They still keep their core of what's at the base of everything, but they also know to grow with the crowd that watches them as well. Yeah, when I talk to people and they they talk to me about uh, game changer wrestling, that's the one thing. That that when I ask, you know, what sets them apart, uh, what makes them so special, and they'll tell me variety. You know, they have the women, they have the 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 battle royal, they have the death matches, they have you know all this different stuff, regular wrestling, right? So high flyers, mm-hmm. so luchas, right? They have a little bit of a, all of it. Yeah, they uh. Definitely any type of niche or something that you've seen in wrestling. They'll definitely try to cater towards that and be caught up on what's hot nowadays. I mean, even YouTube stations and stuff like that. I think this was the, uh, the Walmart guys. You get to see a while back, everybody doing the videos. They would do random moves. They even had demos and shows. So they try to stay relevant with today's times and current products about what's hot and what's not most of the time and always try to cater towards everyone, not just a certain you know style or anything like that. And by doing that, I think that you can pull in people who may not be big into death matches, but they they like the other stuff, right? And then they they might find a, a death match wrestler that that they do like, right? Hey man, I like that guy. I like how he does that. You know, I'll go back there again, right? If he's gonna be on there. So you never know. But I think that is a smart marketing uh model if you're putting a little bit of it, you know putting the buffet out there right and you can get a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this and you know everyone's happy because you're getting something yeah you definitely want to get a little bit of everything out there because 
you know, death matches isn't everybody's forte. I mean, some people don't even like the regular matches, like the technical wrestling. Some people don't like that. Some people don't like the high flying. But you have a little bit of everything out there, some diversity going into what's going on, male, female, different races, different ethnicities, everything that goes on, the different styles. You mix it all together. That's when you have, you know, the best of the best right there. You can't go wrong with it. What do you think the philosophy of the company is? Is there something obvious that, you know, when you know that you're wrestling on a game changer wrestling, you know, this is what we have to do? Oh, just to bring it. Every time you go there, you know, there's a big fight field. There's not no feeling of, oh, this is just a smaller show. Now, every show, you know, the viewers that watch it, the people that bring it and how quick a viral sensation can go from like, you know, you can be viral one day, three days later, you're not talking about it as much anymore. But if you're going to go somewhere and go all out, UCW is a place to do that because you know how many eyes are on you and what the product's about. And all the wrestlers realize that, too. So it makes them go that extra mile, extra harder, just because they know what the product is about. And even before that, you know, when it was mainly primarily death matches, wrestlers felt like it was a place of home to go there and actually go as well. Yeah. And, you know, another thing that I've noticed that and and you could correct me if I'm if I'm off base on this, but to me. It looks like they'll go to an established promotion, right? Say they take one in Indiana, established uh, promotion, and maybe send six to eight guys out there to wrestle their six to eight guys. People are going to come out there to see their guys, and people are going to come out to see the GCW guys. Is is that what I'm seeing? Because... You know, I had a friend of mine from uh, uh, Cincinnati. He was uh, uh, wrestling in Columbus. I had another friend out in L.A. that was wrestling in in a show uh, near San Diego, sim- similar to that, too, like these little, almost like little spot shows. Yeah, they come out and they work with different promotions. I think it's a way to get light on the promotions from the area, plus also spread a base, because I know how a lot of promotions, too, get uh, – kind of defensive whenever you come into their area a lot of places call so it's kind of a good gracious thing also with at the same time showing off the promotions to show off new talent it's always good like you said to have different places different talent show off the homegrown talent who's good and just kind of get things out there who are some of the guys right now in that that are wrestling regular in gcw that you know and not to single anybody out but guys that that are spot on right now I think you can look at social media and tell, like Mike Bailey, Jordan Oliver, guys like that. They've been not just there, but going all out everywhere. I mean, Jordan's young, still developing, but still so good at his age. You see them. Uh, Blake Christian, of course, came from there. Uh, I mean, there's so many different names that go through there that you see all this stuff from SGC. He's been killing it. Matt, you see him all the time, MLW, but still came from his roots and GCW doing this thing. I mean, there's a lot of talent you see really to go through there that's still, I mean, kicking ass everywhere, so to speak. I had the uh, pleasure of talking to uh, Blake Christian, I don't know, a couple, maybe a few years ago by now. And when he was, you know, wrestling in Tennessee, uh, Sir Mo brought him up in Dallas a few times. Then, you know, he went into NXT. When he got let go of NXT, my my first thought was, that guy is not going to have a problem finding work. And, <laughs> and he has it. Has he? No, you'll, you'll find a lot of guys that, uh, as soon as they get cut from somewhere, they got work waiting on them. There's never, it's not hard uh, when you're a top name or a hot name getting cut. 
that they don't have something waiting on them as soon as they come out the door. If not, before they get their stuff, you down the door. You're a big guy. Describe your style for us, you know? So if if I think, oh, man, the way he wrestles a lot with uh, Game Changer Wrestling, you know, you you might, you know, kind of confuse your style with maybe a, a, a hard or a death uh, death match wrestling style. But I've seen you wrestle uh, Simon Gotch. I've seen you wrestle uh, Chris Carter. And uh, you manhandled Chris Carter. Uh, <laughs> there in Houston. But uh, uh, how would you describe your, your style, Shane? Well, if I want to describe myself, I would say it'd be something like a, I mean, I try to throw a little bit of everything in there. Like you said, I threw obviously the strength stuff because that stands out. When I first started, I was more of a high flyer than anything. I was flying around all the time doing missile drop kicks, moonsaults, aside moonsaults, and I can still do that stuff. But, of course, the strength stuff outshines all that. But I still throw it out there when need be. I still like mat-based wrestling. I would say something like a Bulldog or Cesaro mixed with some deathmatch stuff thrown in there and, a little bit of roughneck stuff thrown in there too, I guess. I uh, always want the opportunity to get in there with different opponents. So instead of just, you know, a lot of times you see guys and they'll be like, oh, I want to see you face Cage or a big guy like that. And I do enjoy those matches. They're fun and they test me. But I also would like to get in there with people like Grisham and stuff like that. I love doing those type of matches, showcasing a different side. I mean, what I can do and just getting in there and getting the ability and chance to actually showcase myself and go. Off the top of your head, are there any any matches that might have stuck out in your career that, you know, when you think back, you're like, wow, man, you know, really had a good match with that guy or wow, man, I, I really can't believe I wrestled that person. You, you have anything like that in your, in your mind? No, I like to mind Simon Gotch's match. Like you talking about, I got to showcase a different side of me, got to wrestle instead of just throwing people around all the time. Uh, the Chris Carter match got to show kind of the epicenter and the strength stuff and what I can do there. Let me see here. I always had fun with uh, the match with Brian Cage. That was really fun. I mean, him did it. Me and KTB had a pretty good match against uh, Wheeler Yuta up at um, Beyond Wrestling. So we got to showcase some tag team stuff. We also had a good one against Ugly Duckling. And then, of course, the death match side of it, me and Schlack tore down in a um, like a junkyard, backyard death match type deal. I'm going to get a few of them to stand out. They're just different categories that stand out for different reasons, of course. You have been in some death matches. You, you definitely wouldn't claim that as I'm a, I'm a death match wrestler, right? I wouldn't say I'm just a strictly death match wrestler. Because, I mean, a lot of death match wrestlers that you see, they do typically. I don't want to say all the time, but like 75% of their matches are death matches. I'm not in 75% of matches, death matches. I'll do, I, want, I can do them and have done them and I'm not afraid to do anything. But I don't want my whole repertoire based off that. I want it to mean something when I get in there and people are like, oh, shit, Mercer's in one. Let's go. Something incredible and then growing used to it. That's exactly how I see it. It's a little rougher of a style and it's it's anything can happen, right? Oh, yeah. Anytime you get in there, though, in anything, the risk, you know. I mean, anytime I'm in a normal match I'm at risk for getting hurt, landing wrong, something. With death match, of course, you're amplifying that with sharp objects and no telling what, but I mean, so far, so good. I mean, I've had stitches and stuff, but obviously most of the things in death matches you see are 90% of the time flesh wounds. There's always a freak accident that happens. As long as I'm able to get up, walk away, you know, maybe a few scars more, but I feel like I'm fine with it for the most part. But but your build, your muscle build has got to help a little bit with some padding, right? 
Um, I feel like maybe when it comes to bumping and stuff, but definitely right. not when it comes to death matches. Death matches, right. that's just a little bit more to slice. <laughs> but I've had times where I've been in the gym and then I'll get up and there'll be blood coming out my back and I'm like, well, shit. Wood and uh, barbed wire isn't going to uh, care how big your muscle is, right? Oh, no, not at all. It actually enjoys it. The more you had, the more uh, places the gouging. <laughs> Earlier, you mentioned you'd really like to spend some time uh, putting on shows and promoting. Have you started that? And if so, how's that going? We've had two shows with it uh, already, but it's mostly based off helping younger talent and talent that just don't, you know, don't have the wisdom or the way, kind of lost. Maybe like I was in the beginning, and I'd like to be able to help them if I can and or bring un- others to help them and guide them and do the best I can on doing that. Give them a platform and exposure and all the help that I can provide and I was given now and let them take with it. And, you know, if they run with it, good. If they don't, that's on them. But at least have it there so that way they know it's always there for them. That's what I want it to be based off of, is just being able to help others. And where is your promotion uh, based out of? And where where is it? Do you guys travel or are you you based in a in a city right now? Right now, it's based out of southern Indiana, mainly, just Indiana. Of course, like to do uh, traveling in the future, but I want to get the guys up on their feet first and get them ready and see who can do what and how it survives, it stays afloat, so to speak, the first few years of it doing it. Right, right. Do you uh, you say that you you have a lot of young wrestlers on that on that show and in, in, in your promotion? Do you um, do you bring in uh, some seasoned guys to, to help with them? Yeah, we've uh, brought in on shows Jason Kincaid, brought in Atticus Kogar, brought in Congo Kong, uh, talked about Le- Larry D coming in the future and cash flow from OBW, their heavyweight champion. I um, mean, yeah, we bring in a lot of names. we got Billy Starks coming in there, and even though she's young, I still consider her a vet to the younger guys coming in because of how much she's traveled and what she's done. She comes in and helps out some of the guys and girls both with what they've done in there. So, yeah, we got a lot of people coming in and helping out things. Murdoch's there a lot, uh, Satu Jin, a lot of people come in. Really and help out with stuff. Yeah, that's good, man. That that's really good that you you have some. Well, you have the contacts, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know who all these people are. So yeah, you mentioned Billy Starks. Wow, right? I mean, he's yeah. on fire for sure. Yeah, we have a a young girl down here. She might be seventeen by now. Her name's Mia Friday, and then uh, Roxy Roxy Perez. She's from Texas as well. And uh, I kind of put those girls in that class, you know, that they're they're young. They've been wrestling at a very young age. They all were like 14, 13, 14 when they started wrestling. And I, I think Billy's turned 18. So but still a young lady. And and it was interesting that you said, you know, for what she's done and where she's been. Yeah, you can you, you know, you consider her a veteran. Yeah. I mean, she's got a yeah, they have a, I'd call them. You see them in a lot of places. I think every state has them. You have 20-year rookies, and then you can have five-year vets. Big difference there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right, man. So you do uh, competitive weightlifting, right? Um, I've competed in it for years, but I don't do it frequently. Because okay. I, I want to get where I can go to a competition and smash the record, not just beat it by a little bit. Like I think in my weight class, the world record for bench press is like, 545 pounds or something depending on which you know federation you go to and i'm currently getting 605 but i also know when i go in there all the rules are very symmetrical as far as like keeping your feet down you can't move your butt and there's so much robotic rules to it 
and I'll have to drop my weight in order to match what they want. But I still want to go in there and smash it and beat it and just show that I can do that and have that on my record and I've done it. Yeah, 605 pounds is that that's a lot of weight. If people, you know, people don't understand, um, that, that's heavy, man. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so, uh, I was, uh, I was at the gym a, a couple weeks ago and there's a, a guy in there that, you know, we, we talk, we, you know, gym buddy, I guess, right? And uh, he was walking by and we were talking. I said, well, hey, man, while you're here, will you do me a favor and just spot me real quick? And he goes, hey, man, can you lift that? (laughs) (laughs) And it was not 600 pounds. I'm not going to tell you how much it was, but it wasn't that much at all. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. Hey, go ahead and shoot off your uh, social media for us where uh, fans can find you. and. All right, you can find me on uh, Instagram at Shane Mercer. Just look me up at Twitter at the Iron Demon. Hell, you can find me on Twitch sometime at uh, Iron Demon Shane Mercer. Uh, look me up on Facebook even at Shane Mercer. Uh, just about most in any all social medias, you find me at Iron the Iron Demon Shane Mercer. Some way, shape, or form, mixture of that. Well, Shane, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I've been telling you, man. I've been I've been wanting to talk to you for. For quite some time and again i do really do appreciate you uh, because we reached out a few months ago and we're emailing each other and then i emailed you uh back here recently and we were able to make it happen so i really do appreciate it man well thank you for having me i appreciate you reaching back out to me and uh i know we ping pong back and forth but we made it happen <laughs> yeah absolutely all right man i appreciate it thank you for having me oh uh, you're welcome thank you You're listening to the Russellville Podcast, where wrestling lives. Have you ever wondered what happened to Lance Von Erich? Find out in his book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich. You'll read stories about Chris Adams, Ric Flair, and Billy Jack Haynes. And of course, the Von Erich family themselves. Get your book today on Amazon.